Well, you only live once, maybe not. And this life right now might be all we've got. So let's contemplate the hereafter while we speculate with some laughter about this grim thing that happens to us all after that final curtain call. But before you take that final breath, let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and I'm back. You know, I said I was going to do just a little short hiatus from the podcast. Well, ended up becoming more than just a hiatus. But, you know, I, I, I got away from it. And I got out of the routine. I don't want to say habit because this isn't a habit. This is something I enjoy doing. So it's not something that I can do thoughtlessly. I have to really think about what I'm doing. But uh, I got out of the, the routine of doing it. And then I had some life happen. You know, I've told a few people that where just a bunch of life things. Everybody goes through that type stuff. Uh, you can't have all good without any of the bad. And I had a few bad things. And then... Then it became, you know, the holidays and then it became, you know, just, wow, it's been a few months. And then I started getting nervous and then the, uh, you know, the COVID thing happened. And I just, uh, I was honestly a little bit, a little bit scared about getting back in the saddle. And so, uh, you know, it is what it is, but um, I'm glad to be back. I'm back with a vengeance. I, uh, I contacted a bunch of people that uh, had been in either working with Chris on his uh, Let's Laugh About Death podcast or people that somehow were in connection there. And I got about 50% response. I sent out a bunch of uh, bunch of emails with people that, you know, I wanted to talk to because their stories look fascinating and got a fanatic, you know, fanastic, a fantastic, I'm going to make that a word, fanastic. Yeah, I like that. I'm a weirdo. But uh, anyway, um, got a fantastic response. And, you know, signed up basically enough episodes to last about a half a year. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm having a hard time talking right now. I had another seizure last night and, uh, yeah, I chewed the shit out of my tongue. So if I seem a little off, that's why, but, um, yeah, it's hard to talk when it, like I, both sides of my tongue are just raw right now. So, but, um, yeah, it's life. That's, there's another thing that, that I, don't, I don't let those get me get me down. I don't let those, uh, you know, stop me from doing this that I enjoy. I truly enjoy doing this. So I'm, uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And if I have to sound like I've got a mouthful of mashed potatoes sometimes, well, so be it. Anyway, on that note, um, yeah, my first guest back is someone who's been on the show before and one of my best friends, uh, you know, him as Steve Shippy or possibly as Prozac as his stage name is. But, um, yeah, he came back, and, uh, in fact, he was largely largely why I'm back. He, he was really, you know, telling me I need to get back at it, and he gave me some incredible encouraging words. And it was largely him and my friend Chris that, that got me back at doing this, and I'm glad they did. You know, and he kept pushing. He was like, 
you, you really should do this. You should do this. And uh, to have that kind of encouragement from him was meant, you know, all the world. So, uh, and he said he would help me get my feet wet, so to speak, by coming back on the show. And, and it's a different flavor from the last time. Last time we were a lot more jokey, a lot more uh, goofballish. Um, yeah, the show's Let's Laugh About Death, but we went a little more serious. Um, we got into a serious subject right away, which is the, you know, the thing that everybody is on everybody's mind which is a COVID. And uh, that's been a topic on a lot of the episodes so far because it's, you know, it's something that's in everybody's thoughts. It's something that is around whether you, whether you, you know, are, are trying to take precautions. You know, I myself, I'm trying to take precautions. I wear the mask and everything. I still go out and support local, you know, local uh, 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 mom and pop restaurants when I can. Um, but uh you know, or if you're somebody who thinks this is all just kind of nonsense or whatever, I mean, it's still, it's affecting everybody. Um, but yeah, so Steve came on and, uh, we talked about some of the things we weren't able to talk about on the last time he was on the show, a couple announcements that he, uh, you know, wasn't able to get into and I don't want to spoil it. So I'm going to let him tell you, um, you know, but he also has, in addition to that announcement, he's got himself his own podcast, uh, which has got, fantastic looking uh, uh, quality and everything. I've watched a few episodes and, and it's, yeah, it's top notch. It's everything he does is top notch though. He doesn't cut corners and um, yeah, he, uh, he, he really is moving and shaking in the whole world of paranormal. And uh, you know, he's, he's got himself out there and so you can find him, you know, in addition to those who are music fans, uh, you could find him, with his podcast, that's the Haunted Saginaw video podcast. Uh, of course, the Haunted Saginaw movies. And you know what? I'm just going to give it away. He's got a TV show. I won't give you the details, though. But it'll be in the show notes. And so you might have already read it by now anyway. You know, I said he doesn't cut corners. Yeah, I do. So <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I put a lot of effort into this. But I, I got to have fun. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, I'm going to let my tongue settle for a while. Yeah, so last time we talked, what was that, July last year? Um, did you think we'd be sitting in this situation that we're sitting in right now? You know, with all the mess going on and all the just shit happening all over the world? I can definitely say I never thought I would be in quarantine, in lockdown, or see anything like this. I mean, it's crazy, man. Like, thinking about the last time that, you know, that we did the podcast together, uh, and then thinking about how things are right now, it really it really makes you appreciate uh, the basic freedoms we have, doesn't it? I mean, just on a day to day level, I'm sure you, me, everyone listening, just really thinks about all those little things that you kind of just take for granted. And now we're just sitting here like, is this our reality? Is this our new reality? You know, we keep hearing that phrase, right? The, the new, the new, the new normal. normal. Yeah, that's and and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's just little simple things like going to the grocery store. You know, it's, yeah. it's just being able to get outside. Hell, going to the mail. I go to this. We got a public mailbox at the apartment that I live in. 
Um, and uh, real quick, to those listening, you probably noticed an audio difference. I'm in quarantine. I'm in my apartment, so I apologize about the echo. But bear with me. We're going to get through all this here, you know, all this together with the uh, the whole COVID-19 Anyway, yeah, so going to the mailbox, something as simple as that, I have to go there and worry, is there going to be somebody in there who doesn't have a mask on? Is there going to be somebody in there who, you know, to be a dick, touched everything, spit on stuff? I mean, I there was one person that I was working with at one time when all this stuff started happening, they started talking or hinting at quarantine. He just coughed all over his hands, touched doorknobs, all that kind of stuff, almost to be a dick, you know? And it's like, I know people think this thing is a hoax, but, you know, wouldn't it be better to just kind of... I don't know, err on the side of caution because I know of people who have died. I personally, fortunately so far, don't know anybody who's died from this, but I know people who do, you know, and it's just, it's, it's one of those things that, like you said, it's, it, it makes you appreciate your, you know, the little simple things in life and shit, I would have never figured this. This is, this is not quite shit hits the fan, but (laughs) this is the kind of shit they talked about for years, you know? Right. Well, I mean, you know, look at the gravity of it, man. I mean, we, you, I, or anybody listening can honestly say that they've never seen anything like this in their lifetime. I mean, this is, these are times that we will never forget. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept that this is the new normal type of stuff. I I don't want to go there. Right. I could certainly see the potential of how it could be, but, but, and I do agree with you a hundred percent. Uh, we don't have all the facts. It's very difficult hearing, uh, misinformation totally. or just hearing the two different political parties serving their agendas and, yeah. you know, one minute this, one minute that. And at the end of the day, we all have to take in all the information, do our best to sort it out, figure out what, what we're comfortable with. But it, it does make that very difficult when you're trying to respect the social distancing or those type of things. And you have other people that don't or go out of their way to, uh, I guess, interfere with that with other people. And, and, you know, I, and and honestly, Tim, I I actually do know some people that have died from COVID-19. They weren't super close friends, but they were people I knew. Uh, They were acquaintances. I do know for a fact that this is what caused them to pass. And yeah, you know, you could say that they had some underlying conditions, nothing major, but at the end of the day, if, you know, if you're a healthy person, if you're a young person, just keep in mind that, yeah, you might not die or you might not be on a ventilator and have serious complications, but you could give it to somebody who does. And, you know, I mean, we should all, I guess, respect and love each other enough to just take a time out, just do what's right for a little bit here. And, you know, what's it going to hurt? Right. We know we know what it can do on the other end of the coin, but what's it going to hurt? Absolutely. And it's it's one of those things that I've I mean, I've said, you know, where I've seen people who are like, oh, this is all a hoax. This is all nonsense. And and again, it's it's I can see why they would think that. I can see why, the you know, both sides, political agendas, if you will. But when it comes down to it, you know, I want to be I'd rather be safe. I'd rather err on the side of caution. It's not a fear thing. To be honest with you, I'm more afraid of the whack jobs that are out there shooting people because they can't go eat in a, you know, a dining room. I just heard at a McDonald's somebody got shot. I mean, that's ridiculous. But honestly, I, hope I just heard you heard the same. Yeah, I just heard about that. I mean, that's and that's actually that's actually true. I mean, as insane as that is. Yeah, I mean, that is there was somebody in, uh, uh, you know, the town uh, south of Saginaw in Flint. Uh, for those listening, it's, uh, you know, about 40 miles south of where uh, uh, Steve and I are from. And it was a case where somebody got in an altercation because the policy was wear the mask. And again, it's a respect thing, you know, but they said wear the mask, got in an altercation with with this woman. She left. 
her husband and his friend came back and shot the security guard in the face. I mean, what the hell? What 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 would yeah. enrage you so much to do that? You know, and again, it's it's just it's just a respect thing. I hope to God we're wrong. I hope in six months we find out this was all bullshit. I I would love that. But in the meantime, you know, geez. Yeah, you know, well, one thing, Tim, I think that um, unfortunately, you know, during a situation like this, I think that, uh, you know, people that have certain problems or anger issues or, yeah. or you know, for some people, I mean, nothing is going to excuse some of those things that you just talked about, you know, that, that were on the news or whatever. But sadly, we're going to see a lot of increases, increases of things like that. We're seeing that there, oh, yeah. there is an increase of suicide. We're seeing an increase of domestic violence and things like that because everybody is hunkered down together. Uh, people can't do what they want to do. Finances are a problem oh, yeah. and, and a whole host of things. But, you know, I guess the, the only thing I'd like to put out there about this is like, at the end of the day, I know it's difficult. You know, it's always easier said than done, but if people could try their best to take this time to say, okay, look, there's nothing I can do about this. Uh, th- th- there's, you know, factors that are completely out of their hands, but is there any way you could take this time to, to use it to your benefit? Could you recalculate your life? Could you reevaluate things? Could you spend it uh, toward uh, researching uh, something that you've always wanted to do yeah. a career change, what, whatever it is, uh, Rather, you know, maybe you can exercise at home or maybe your goal is to drop some weight, whatever it is. Imagine if you could use this time to benefit yourself um, instead of, you know, feeling all the pressure from it and just kind of succumbing to that to that depression. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing, Tim. And I'm, that's why I was really glad that you reached out to me and said, you know, hey, I'm uh, you know, I'm going to jump back into the podcast. I feel like it's time. And, right. and I think that's a great thing. You know, and like we talked about on the phone, you know, before we even started today, that, uh, you know, you, you're discussing the uh, the name of your of your podcast. Let's laugh about death. And and uh, we we both thought it was definitely appropriate to make sure that people understood that that's definitely not your intention with with COVID-19. Obviously, no, your podcast was created you know, basically a year before any of this even happened. But, Tim, what I love about your podcast is that. It is a grim subject. It is the inevitable. And instead of all of us living in mortal fear and hearing the clock tick, sometimes you just got to look at it and say, hey, you know, I'm not going to be afraid of the inevitable. I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to embrace life, not fear death. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you sit there and, and, and you hold yourself back and, and don't do things out of fear of what could happen, I mean, that's one of the things that I realized with, you know, the death that I experienced a couple of years ago and, you know, of, of close friends, which is again, you know, for, for almost like a, a reinition, uh, uh, and what is the word I'm looking for? Jeez. I can't even think right now. Okay. I'm going off the rails anyway, for reintroducing <laughs> the people, uh, uh, to the podcast who may have not heard this before. Basically the whole concept is, you know, I had some two close friends and a, and a sibling die all within about a four month period of time. And it's like, it really rang to me, you know, rang true that you never know when it's going to happen. Two of them, we knew it were coming. One of them was overnight out of the blue, had no idea. And you could sit there and say, well, you know, you usually, you know, you, you could see it coming. You know what? You can't. People die in car accidents. People die in, you know, plane crashes or or whatever it happens to be. Get hit by a bus because they're texting or something. You know, whatever it happens to be, you never know when your time is up. So to sit there and 
hold yourself back from doing some dreams and things like that. Right now, like you said, this is a perfect time. Now, I do understand when you don't have income coming in, when you, you know, because if you're laid off or unemployed or whatever, or you don't have, you know, an idea of where to go, it's a, it's definitely, I've, I've been in situations similar, not quite completely out of income, but you know, there've been times where I was wondering where, how I was going to pay the rent. And it was just a case of, you know, I had to still distract myself as much as I could. Otherwise I, I went nuts. And this right now, you do have a lot of time, you know, maybe you're working part-time, uh, you know, and again, those who are not off, those who are forced to work, my hats go, you know, hat goes off to you guys. I mean, any of the people on the front line, any of the people who are the first responders, and honestly, any of the people who are working at the Dollar Tree, I talk to them all the time and I thank them every time I go in there. I go, you know what, guys? Thank you. You know, you guys need to be getting a, a much higher hazard pay than you're getting because, right. you know. Yeah, 100%. Those people that work at the grocery stores, Walmart, totally. I mean, can you how much they come in contact with COVID-19 on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, that's that right there. That's something people don't appreciate. And I'm not saying let's under, you know, uh, undersell the, the, the frontline people in the hospitals. No, fuck no. That's not what I'm talking about. That those people, they literally are putting their life at risk because they're dealing with the people who they know have it or have some other thing that they're trying to keep them alive and keeping the COVID at bay. But I mean, those, right. those other unsung heroes that no one thinks about, you know, and, and that's, that's the thing is, is we're, I, I'm, I'm thinking you're talking about the people who are at home, period. They could sit there and use right. this time as a reset. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we, I think no matter what, man, we, uh, we, we are all on a timeout, you know, yeah. life is very, fast, very fast paced. We live in a super fast paced world yes. where we're in a, a daily rat race to, to get the things that we need done. There's never enough time in the day, whether it be work responsibilities, family, raising children, houseworking, housekeeping, yard work, whatever it is. I mean, we're we're bombarded at all times with stuff. And no matter what, we're all forced right now to take this time out. And, and, and from my experience, uh, a time out always uh, leads to perspective and perspective leads to change. Yeah. And um, so I think we're all going to come out of this a little bit different. But I would like to believe that we're going to come out of it stronger. And yes. that's not to sound placebo. I, I really uh, feel that way. And, you know, Tim, I, I want to say something to you. Like, this is something that um, that kind of has been crossing my mind a lot the last few weeks. So we look at the situation, right? We look at COVID-19, uh, what what it's doing, the effects, you know, how many people have passed, you know, on and on. And, and uh, you know what this reminds me of? You know, history always repeats itself now. Think about when you and I investigated the old general store in Iva, Michigan on Dice Road. No kidding. Now think about that. That was the last remaining building of the once town of Iva. Yeah. Uh, now out there, it's town. And the entire community, well, the vast majority of the community was wiped out by a, by a plague. Yeah. Uh, you know, by, by an infectious disease. And, I mean, just isn't that that's just so crazy to think about that, because that was only a few years back where we're sitting there learning the, you know, the, the gruesome details of how many people died and the fact that they literally had to quarantine the town. They blocked off the entrances so the horse and buggies and people couldn't come in and out of that area. And they literally had to burn down all the houses because at that time they weren't 
sure what it was. They knew that it was an infectious disease. They didn't know how to cure it, how it was really spreading. Uh, they didn't know what to do. So they were literally burning down the houses of those who were sick. Uh, they were lo- they were literally locking people locking in their homes in. by boarding. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. terrible. And I keep thinking about that now because think about that when you and I were researching that and the way that we felt when we learned those details. And even though it's not exactly the same, it's it's still very much the same that now we're really dealing that with that in our present time. I mean, did you ever think? No, no. And that's that's something I was going to say is when we were looking at it, we were looking at it as, you know, something that happens. Oh, back when they didn't have the the hygiene that we have now. Oh, back when they didn't have the knowledge of what we have now. It's like, yeah, but the fact of the matter is, is that when we were researching it, it seemed like history. What we're living through right now is going to be history to people 100 years from now. They're going to sit there and talk about how stock market crashed and, you know, because with this whole COVID thing and people were dying and and, and they didn't know what was causing it. Because let's be honest, we don't know what the hell's going on, you know. People think they do, but we right. still don't. We're hearing new shit every day, and that's the thing that's so freaking crazy is that when you read an article, and you know, let, let's think about this. Let's let's think back to our lives back in you know 2019, back when you read an article on something in the news, and if it was two three months old, you were like, oh wow, that's pretty current. Now, if it's two or three days old, it's old news when it comes to COVID nineteen. Oh, yeah. You couldn't be more right about that. I, I think you're right. I think anything more than 48 hours and you almost have to disregard it and look yeah. for more uh, current information. I mean, like, you know, you think about it and it's, you know, one day it's like, OK, wearing masks uh, don't stop you from getting it. It only stops other people from getting it. If you have it, then it turns out that, you know, I mean, again, you know, take everything we say with a grain of salt. We're not the professionals. Uh, We're just kind of reciting yeah. what we've heard. and. Then you hear, okay, masks don't do anything. It's all placebo. And then now we're hearing masks are very important, <laughs> regardless of yes. five or So, I, you know, I don't know what to do other than I'm just going to do the very best that I can. I'm going to respect social distancing. Bingo. I'm going to do my part to, to hopefully not get it and definitely not give it to anybody else. And, you know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, why would I not? Why would I not do that? We don't uh, – it's like you said, Tim, we don't – we don't have enough information and we're not going to until, you know, all the data starts to come in from all the stuff they're learning about it. And, uh, and of course this is dividing people terribly. Oh man. my God. You see yeah. the, the arguments on Facebook and the people just getting so heated. And then it, some people think it's a political thing and yeah. some people think it's a, cons- and it's just like, at the end of the day, we do know one thing. There are people definitely getting ill. There are people passing away from it. Uh, for me, that's enough to say, okay, look, I certainly don't believe I have all the answers, Mm-mm. but I'm going to do my part the best I can to get through this. And, and I think that's, you know, that's probably a better way to think right now. Well, and, you know, you, you nailed something on the head, <clears throat> excuse me, about the fact of, you know, conspiracy theories and things like that. Um, I've heard so many different ones, and I, I'll be honest with you, it's our, our signal's a little choppy. I could use a little of that 5G right now, but... Sorry, that. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard all kinds of conspiracies, and and again, conspiracy theories happen because people are uninformed and afraid. You know, they that those are the same people who will say, "Oh, you're wearing masks out of fear." It's like you're coming up with conspiracy theories out of fear. You you want answers, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely all subjective. That's for sure, man. And I, I try not to argue with people about it. I feel like. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that we we all definitely have the right to view 
anything we want the way 100%. that we want to view it. I, yeah, but at the end of the day, just as long as how you believe doesn't infringe on me. Yes. Uh, and, and vice versa. It totally. I get dirty looks from people in my apartment complex because I walk out with a bandana. We don't have any of the masks. And to be honest with you, I personally have chosen not to get any masks because I figure the, the frontline people should get those. And I don't want to stop people from getting those. You whoa, know? whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. What color is your bandana? Because they could be rival gang members. <laughs> and maybe that's. Actually, just... mine, mine uh, the only ones I would probably be rival f- gang members with is if they were part of the Foot Clan because it's a Ninja Turtle bandana. <laughs> uh, okay, you should be you should be pretty safe on that, I guess, you know, depending on there could be some kind of rivalry out there with the Ninja Turtles that I'm not completely I mean, aware possibly, of. Possibly, but... you know, you never know. It could be like, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fans or something might throw down and all of a sudden, you know, it's like a scene from West Side Story. That's, well, you got to be careful of things like that because, you know, things like that have happened. I, this is true. This is true. I could tell you about something that happened to me one time, but I'm just not going to go there right now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely there's uh, – and speaking of, um, you know, conspiracies and things like that, even though to me anyway this is not a conspiracy, um, even though it has already come out uh, a few years ago, I, I saw that this story had broke uh, lately – it seems that a little bit more has come out and it's interesting. Of course, now we live in the world of memes where everything is a meme, oh, uh, yeah. whether it's awful, trash, hilarious or anything in between. But one thing that I'm, that I do kind of find funny with the little memes lately is that, uh, you know, those memes where they're like, the government comes out and, and admits aliens exist. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and that's crazy. Have you seen that, that they, they basically have just come right out and said, yes, there are unidentified aerial phenomenon. We have, there's, tons of footage of it from fighter pilots oh, yeah. and uh, navy vessel yeah and i was just watching and, uh, a bit of joe rogan's podcast and he was talking about that with uh uh some pilot and then uh on a follow-up one he was talking like with a quantum physicist or something they were just talking about all different kinds of you know possibilities with it and the did you ever think we'd hear about that you know the, no I mean, could you imagine imagine us hearing that 15 years ago i mean everyone's minds would have been blown yeah you know? i mean uh, it's like the conspiracy finally coming true, you know, area 51, uh, they can't stop us all. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy though, that, uh, that something like that just kind of, you know, just kind of pops right out. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> UFOs are real. That yeah, but- you know, here's a bunch of, of it. there's all kinds of different ones. There's tic tac shaped ones and there's, there's disc shaped ones and there's dome shaped ones. And, uh, yeah, we don't know what they are. And, um, but anyway, in, in other news. Yeah, and, and it's and you're absolutely right because in the midst of all of this COVID nineteen stuff, that right there was just kind of, yeah, just 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 mentioned. You know, no one even no one they're even like, seems yeah, to they're talk. Like, let's let, let's throw them a bone. Let's let's throw them a bone. Let's reveal a couple of secrets while they're all sitting at home bored. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they on, on, on one of the news channels they 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 reveal you know the the true true origin of the Kennedy assassination or something like that. And people are like, yeah, get back to the COVID though. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Who would have ever thought any of this stuff? I mean, these are definitely crazy times. It is nuts, man. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I, like you said earlier on, it's like a year ago, you know, when we last talked this here, this didn't even seem possible. You know, you always, it was always one of those things where it's like, yeah, it could happen, maybe. You know, you always think about that possibility of something going sideways, but it's kind of like your own death. You know, you know at some point you're going to die. 
you don't really think about when it's going to happen unless you're somebody like, you know, it's weird like me and fixates on it. But if and I fixated on it or fixate on it, not because I'm a fear afraid of it. It fascinates me. The subject fascinates me. It's one of those things that it's a big mystery that we don't get an answer until you're dead. That's the thing that, you know, blows me away. But uh, it's still one of those things that I acknowledge is going to happen. But I really don't think about it all the time. And this is one of those things that you acknowledge that it could happen. But now we're forced to think about it all the time. And that's, yeah, it's just, it's unreal. There are days like today I had a, had a shitty day at work and it almost was welcoming because I didn't think about the fact that there's a pandemic going on for a few hours. I was frustrated with doing some shit on my job as opposed to there's a pandemic happening. People are in quarantine. You know, you know, what's weird about that is sometimes I'll find myself, uh, doing something like maybe, you know, maybe I'm watching something on TV for a minute or just something that, you know, that's kind of normal or distracting. And then there's that thought out of nowhere. That's like, Oh wait, this is a lockdown. There's COVID-19 this, you know, it's like you forget about it once in a while, you forget about it for a small amount of time. Oh yeah. And then you, it just hits or even like you'll wake up, you know what I mean? Like you'll, you'll first wake up in the morning and uh, you know, you're just kind of, kind of coming to and just you know doing what everybody does grab your phone start scrolling and you're like uh yeah yeah i forgot this was happening (laughs) totally totally uh that's i watch i do watch not a lot of tv but i watch a decent amount of shows just because it's night now it's a nice little escape you know i'm worried about what's happening to the cast members of this show as opposed to realizing that I'm in more of a nightmare than any of them are experiencing, you know, unless of course it's Friday the 13th or something, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the, the general population is affected by this one way or another, you know, in some form or another. And, and fortunately knock on wood myself, I'm very fortunate. You know, my wife and I are both able to work from home. There are people who are not that lucky. And I, I am thankful every day for no matter how much, you know, my job pisses me off at times. Again, it's, it's, it's trivial. You know, this is, this whole thing that's going on is way bigger than me. And it's, it's selfish of me to sit there and think that, you know, I, I I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't have the right to be mad about my job because if I didn't have a job, I would love to have my job. So I have to stop and remind myself of that and go, you know what? Tim, you're being a dick. Calm down. You know, the job is you have one. Be thankful. So I just wanted to throw that out there for people who are struggling like myself, you know. Um, but again, I'm randomly, I, what's that? I'm going to text you that at random. I'm just going to text you that at random. Tim, Please you're do. a dick. <laughs> but put the, put, you know, put the context of it or, well, nah, just put on a dick. That's fine. But uh, <laughs> so what, um, you know, not to get off the subject of COVID-19, even though that's kind of uh What's on everybody's mind right now? What, uh, I mean, I know what's happened since last time we talked, but for those listening, you know, they may not be aware. They Chances are they are. But uh, so I know there was a secret you wanted to bring up that you knew about, but you couldn't, you weren't at liberty to talk about uh, when we last had our, our, our conversation. And, uh, you know, if you could say some things about that, because I'm excited about it. Yeah, definitely. The last time I was a, a guest on your podcast, we uh, you, we couldn't really go into it, but uh, you know, right at that time, I was in the the final steps of uh, negotiating 
my deal with the Travel Channel for uh, my own series titled Haunting in the Heartland. Uh, the entire season has already aired now. Um, you know, it's they still have a lot of marathons and stuff. In fact, there was one yesterday. Um, if you have cable, you can watch it on demand by looking on the Travel Channel, or you could go on Amazon Prime and buy the season relatively cheap. But, uh, yeah, man, it was an amazing experience. Um, basically, you know, the, the long story short of that was I was contacted by a production company in uh, Los Angeles. And, you know, during that time, for about, for about five or six weeks there, I was getting hit up fairly regularly by production companies. And I thought it was, you know, very interesting. It kind of seemed to just come in all at once. And, you know, I guess the reason that that was happening is we see that the paranormal genre has made quite a big comeback lately. Uh, there's just been a slew of different shows um, starting, some of them restarting, resurfacing. And uh, so I, I kind of assumed that was why. But, you know, I looked into some of them, wasn't really interesting, uh, interested. I like doing what I do with Haunted Saginaw, and, you know, I, that's what I do, and it's what I love. So I didn't, you know, really want to pursue a television show per se until I saw that this particular company, I looked into the guy that contacted me, I researched him. He's held some pretty high positions at different networks throughout his career. He partnered up with another guy who is uh, equally as amazing. I looked into his biography uh, quite a bit into his resume and realized that these guys were the real deal. Um, they have a huge foundation underneath them. And, and they basically, you know, we started to talk and they said, listen, this is what, uh, this is what it is. There's a, there's a major network uh, that definitely has a lot of respect for the paranormal genre, which to me, I, I felt I knew right away it was travel. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, you know, that they were reaching out to me, that they had saw my work on Amazon Prime and that they didn't want to change what I do, that they wanted me to do what I do the way that I do it and just broaden my region um, outside of just my state here in Michigan. So we got to talking about it a little bit more. And uh, I said, OK, look, I'm, I'm definitely interested. And they said, OK, well, the network is Travel Channel and, um, you know, we're going to send you some things to, to go over and, you know, and, and we just kind of took it piece by piece and this, you know, it's a very extensive uh, process. Oh, In yeah. fact, it actually is pretty amazing how much is behind uh, the conception of, of getting a, a show on the network to, to the final execution of, of starting the film. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty wild. So, you know, there were a lot of twists and turns and, and different things, but then finally it, it came to fruition. Um, we, you know, we had the deal and it was time to go out and, and do uh, the most important thing. And that's investigate the paranormal and get right to it. And so with that, that led me um, on a journey. Of course, you know, the, the show is called Haunting in the Heartland. So the Heartland region of the country was our focus. And there were some amazing cases, Tim, that uh, that were done on this on this series. I mean, there really were. They, it was amazing. In fact, one of them kind of like how I, I referenced Dice Road 2 with the with the plague and everything that I experienced that in another town called uh, Holly Springs, Mississippi. And I went there to, to do an investigation and the entire town seemed to have a lot of activity. I mean, this is a old antebellum homes, pre-civil war era homes. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah. it's got a very, yeah, very long history. And uh, there were some, some pretty big battles fought there in the civil war and, and also a plague that came through and uh, wiped out a ton of people, uh, the yellow fever. Okay. And yeah. they, we, yeah, we really believe that a, a lot of the activity that people were experiencing were from all those 
quick, you know, deaths, you know, and, and it was a very nasty way to die. That's, you know, and that's the thing is, is back, back in those days, I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, people who didn't have the comforts and, and granted, don't, don't get me wrong. Dying from something like COVID-19 is not a comfort, but at least they can, they can sedate people. They can, you know, intubate them. They can get them on breathing apparatus. And, and back then when, and, and with, you know, with anything with paranormal, when it's a, when it's a very tragic, painful a death, uh, uh, it's it can cause lasting impressions. So it doesn't surprise me that you've got a town that suffered from something like that, that it would be very active. Um, you know, with, with Dice yeah. 2, the only thing that was remaining of that town was, was that one building, and there really wasn't much around, you know, uh, uh, from that town. So if these buildings are still around and if these buildings are still – you know, you're going to have a lot of activity and it's going to transfer and it's going to remain encapsulated in that town. And, and yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't seen that episode yet. I've, I've seen some of the episodes and uh, uh, that one, I, I'm uh, that's, it's one of those things I want to go through and finish the series. Cause I got to say uh, as a, it, it's interesting to watch you in a series that I'm not involved in because I have been a part of haunted Saginaw through most of the movies, all, but you know, two of them now. And it's neat to see these cases and 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 learn about them because I I'm I am fixated on the TV because it's like the the way they're presented, the way that it's you know explained it's it's done and like the producer says he wanted you to keep it the way that you did it and it and it feels very much in the same vein of what you did you know it's it's uh right it's it's almost like a best explanation would be like imagine a group a, a musical group. And then the lead singer goes off and does a solo album. That's what these feel like. They still have the same kind of feel as the group. You know, it's almost like you went off, you did these things and they have every bit of the quality because I know, I know you, you, you're not just passively involved in these. You are also actively involved in the production of these, which I think is, is awesome because it shows, you know, and, and that's one thing I can say is you, and this might be a biased opinion, but you are, you know, in my opinion, the best in the biz that I'm aware of. So. Yeah. It, you know, it, it definitely does have a lot of the same uh, feel to it because yeah, again, really the, essentially the, the biggest difference between haunting in the heartland and haunted Saginaw is like you said, you know, um, it's, it's just me in the sense of it, it's not the, the seekers team. And it's also us being there for seven to 10 days and not 90. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. It, but the documentaries were there for so long. I mean, uh, I don't, in fact, I, I can definitely hang my hat on this and say there is definitely not anybody uh, that is involved in the paranormal in the sense of whether, you know, it's a television show or, or documentary that would spend 90 days actively investigating a property, a home, a business, whatever the case may be, and condensing that into a uh, a single uh, film or documentary. And it's a, totally. it's a grueling process, but to me, it's the only way that we can capture that volume of evidence that we mm-hmm. can do the diligence that we do. And it just became the recipe that is haunted Saginaw. I mean, it, that's why it happened. I guess it was just my neuroticness in the sense of, <laughs> I want to capture as possible. And, and after a few times of doing that, we couldn't really change the format because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't guarantee that we would have equal results. And exactly. So, um, as it got bigger and, and, and better, so to speak, it had to continue to get bigger and better, so to speak. So it's a, it makes it a lot harder when you have to, when you feel like you have to try at least to outdo yourself 
every time, but that is, I guess, the the recipe that is um, haunted Saginaw. And totally. I mean, that's that's one of those things that I remember having those conversations of. It's like, okay, well, where can we go, and what can we do, and what kind of you know different equipment can we get to to just raise the bar and and you always manage to do that because it always manages to be either a place with, you know, with more going on, more history, you know, um, you know, and don't get me wrong. The earlier episodes are great, but they do seem to get better. And I've heard that from, I've heard that from fans. I've, I've, I know that myself, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you said, your neuroticism, you, you are the most, never die, you know, never give up, never die, you know, kind of, kind of person that I know. You never take no for an answer, you know, unless it's the absolute, you've tried everything. And, and, and we've had these conversations. It's like, if you know that you have tried everything in your power, that's satisfying. And that's honestly, that's a hell of an, an attitude to have. I need more of that, you know? And that's why it was, it was largely due to you that I'm back on the horse, you know, starting the podcast back up. I knew I was going to, but you know, I'm glad we were able to get back in with you and and I on this episode because this is this feels right, this feels natural, and I, and I, and I thank you for for you know agreeing to be on this you know this episode because I know that you you know how to follow through, and I've seen it almost a dozen times with Haunted Saginaw alone, you know, on top of the TV show, but uh, you know, and th- and that's one thing I w- I would like to mention. You know, not to spoil it to anybody who is a Haunted Saginaw fan. I was, myself, I was in Haunting 10. Uh, I wasn't in 9. I was in 10. That, the 9 and everything happened, you know, during transition of moving out here. But uh, being out in Colorado now, um, I have health issues that I wasn't uh, able to make it back because I didn't feel comfortable with it. It's it's nothing COVID-related. It's a, well, I'll be honest, I don't care. Uh, I've, I have seizures every once in a while, and so I didn't want to have that effect the production of it. Um, and so I stayed home and honestly, I'm kind of glad because this place sounds fucked. <laughs> I mean, I saw it the first time, but Holy cow. Some of the stuff I was told, I don't want to give any spoilers, but wow. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, Brockway two definitely watch for that one. So, but, uh, yeah. Can you talk at yeah, all there's... about that? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, before I go into that, just to kind of touch on the point that you had said a, a minute ago that they, the Haunted Saginaw documentary seemed to get better. I mean, I, I think, uh, and also you said that, uh, you know, there's cases that are more intense, more activity. I think the real reason behind that, Tim, is that now that the films are, are gaining in popularity so much, so many more people are now coming forward to share their stories with us. So totally. then the net the net is being casted so wide now it's giving us uh i guess more of a i don't want to say variety uh but i guess basically that's what i'm saying to really hone in on the cases that seem to have the most activity the most intense and are there people that there that need that need help you know besides uh we're not talking abandoned asylums or abandoned hospitals that kind of thing but people that are living there that are at their wits end sometimes you know uh with this kind of thing, but yes, Brockway, um, you know, for anyone listening that isn't familiar with that, that word or that, you know, that street, a haunting on Brockway street was a, a paranormal investigation documentary, a case that, uh, is our most recent at haunted Saginaw. You can watch that on Amazon prime stream it. Um, and if you have seen it, then you already know, uh, what the bones of the case, uh, was, you know, what the activity was, what we were, 
what we were dealing with. But let me say this, um, basically stop right there because that's what's to me so shocking about a hunting on Broadway street too, which will release this fall. Uh, not always, but sometimes in dealing with the paranormal and, and, and during an investigation, there are times where you realize that what you thought you knew, what you were certain you knew, and what you were dealing with is not at all what was happening and what you were dealing with. That's not very often because, you know, of course, we're, we're very thorough with these investigations and trying to piece together what is happening. And, of course, you know, we do that with so many things. We start off with the preliminary process and the interviews and getting to know the family. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? When is it happening? How often? What time of the day? What room? Can you show us? Do you have any evidence? Have you recorded anything? Can we talk to your friends, neighbors, anyone else who has seen it? Let's do the history on the home now, the property. What was here before the home existed? There are so many steps to this. So it's not that we don't do our diligence. And in this case at Brockway, it seemed like a tight package. It was wrapped with a bow. Here's what it is. It makes sense. The history coincides with it. But then, then everything changes everything gets turned upside down and it became the type of activity that was far worse than what we initially thought it was and that was extremely confusing until things emerged uh within the home to find out basically why it was happening and uh we never expected it it certainly wasn't uh i don't even know how to explain it we could never have seen it coming the reason we went back there was you know, for those that have seen, you know, the film, at, at the end, I was talking to uh, Stephanie Braley, um, the woman of the house, and I had said, you know, well, we're always a phone call away. And uh, so she certainly did contact us. And, you know, and of course, we do stay in regular contact with people that oh, uh, yeah. that are the films, and we continue to talk to them. And uh, Stephanie had let us know that uh, it was continuing to happen, that it was changing and she started to tell us about the things that were happening. And um, I started to realize that a pattern was emerging that would suggest that it was a much more of a nefarious type of entity, we'll say, mm -hmm. uh, or entities in the house. And, um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, honestly, Tim, uh, I, I don't think that, I mean, you you know, I, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I don't, for being glad that you, you sat this one out. And at the end of the day, you, you didn't sit this one out because you were part of the, the, the process of investigating Brockway Street. So, to me, this is a continuation of the same investigation. True, true. Yeah, that's, uh, it was just, you know, I, I wish I could have been there. I really wanted to be there because it sounded you know, of the preliminary stuff that you were saying about with it, with everything picking back up, it sounded like something that uh, honestly would have been fascinating. Uh, I apologize. My wife's doing dishes. So you might hear some dishes clanking right now. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting that, uh, you, you know, you mentioned earlier about we've got a, a wider net. And I think, you know, something that occurred to me is is the reason probably why we're getting more intense cases is because, let's be honest, if you're somebody who's living with a really crazy thing going on, you're probably going to be more hesitant of letting anybody know. And you're probably, 
you know, now that Haunted Saginaw has come forward and is getting more and more popularity, people are probably just more comfortable coming forward saying, hey, I've got this going on. I mean, I know we've got, we get, you know, when I say we, I mean you, but I've seen people saying it on Haunted Saginaw's page and everything saying, I've got this going on. I've got this going on. In fact, I got hit up by somebody uh, who's a fan who's living in Missouri and they were like, you know, is there anything that you can recommend? Uh, it's a, it's a family that, uh, you know, they've got a, it's a wife and a small child and, a, and an infant and they're living in their parents' home. And, uh, uh, you know, the parents don't really believe any of this stuff, but it, they are, they are frightened. And, you know, do you have any recommendations? And I gave them some advice and I, and I found some resources for them, but you know, that, that guy wouldn't have hit me up 10 years ago, five years ago, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, and that's just me. I know you get hit up a hundred times more than I do. And, you know, but when you find something where it's like, okay, you know what, they're, they're, they're genuine, they, you know, in the sense that they are, they are desperately in need of help and they're comfortable to come forward. And it's something that we are able to help them with. That's, you know, it just, like you said, it's a, it's a wider net now. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, man. They, you know, we're, we're getting a lot more intense cases because there are so many more people now that are aware of us. Oh, totally. And, um, what we do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, hearing about all the stuff that you, that you ran across, uh, and the way the, the case changed, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie when I say I'm, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent upset that I didn't go because that one sounded like it was, it was next level, you know, where the way things were happening. So, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting though, to, to contact the people back and, and find out how things are going with, you know, the, the, the previous people. And I do know you stay in contact with everybody we've ever worked with, which I think is, I've always thought that was very cool of you. Yeah, definitely. And in fact, you know, even with, uh, with, you know, we're talking about the Broccoli street home. I mean, even after that, that case and everything that happened, uh, I actually went over there um, with, you know, with my family and, and actually had dinner with them on Thanksgiving. I mean, that's, I mean, that's as real as that. it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's real. It's right. totally real. That's uh, um, and, uh, and, and, and it's a beautiful house. You know, it's a shame that they got all that going on. Cause it looks like, well, they call it, they call it the white house because it looks like a mini version of the white house. For those of you who haven't seen it, it has the pillars in the front and it's on a big, you know, nice corner property. Um, and it's, it's amazing house. They just, uh, refurbished it, I think back in like the mid to late nineties or something. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was neat being able to get in there. Cause that was one of those places that it's even before we, you know, did the case years before everybody knew about that house. You know, there's certain, every town has their iconic, you know, that house, that building, that business. And this was one of those. So it was neat to be able to get in there to, to look at it. It was just unfortunate that it was under those circumstances. So. Right. And it usually is, you know, yeah. I always say to people, um, you know, it's, um, it's glad to meet you and thank you for having us in your home, but I wish you didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, it's, it's under different circumstances. It might be better, but, uh, yeah, but you wouldn't have gotten to know her, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where it's because of haunted Saginaw that she even heard of you, you know? Um, unless she's right. a, a, a music fan, but uh, she doesn't strike me as a kind of person. <laughs> Actually, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting how, how I met that that family. I uh, 
I was looking into uh, the possibility of, of doing some different endeavors at a at a theater in uh, Saginaw, and uh, the old Court Street Theater had been uh, purchased and renovated uh, just greatly. Just so much uh, money and effort had gone into the Court Street Theater, and I was hearing great things about it. And I thought, well, you know, I have a couple of different endeavors I was planning on on doing. You know, perhaps let me try to find the perfect venue for for these different things and you know, went there and was waiting for the owners to arrive. And I was talking to one of the employees and uh, they were aware of who I was and what I did as soon as I walked in. And we started talking about that. And then when the owners came in, I started to discuss what I was there to discuss with them. And uh, the employee, you could tell, had something on his mind. He just kind of kept lurking and waiting for the opportunity to, to interject something. And he said uh, to, the, to the wife, Stephanie, he said, uh, show him, show him the video. Show them the videos in your phone about your house. Tell them about your house. And I'm thinking, uh oh, what's, uh, <laughs> you know, what's this about? And, you know, she wasn't really, you know, jumping at the opportunity to do so. She kind of was like, oh, you know, no, it's, it's, don't worry about it. It's, you know, it's, she just kind of downplayed it. And, and uh, he seems so adamant. And of course, you know me, I mean, if, if there's visual evidence, I, I, I've got to see it. You know, no, so yeah, I said, totally. well, you know, could I, could I please see the video uh, or videos? I'm very curious to see what it is. And I, and, so she pulled out her phone and um, and I looked at the date on the video. It looked like it was about a year or two prior to that day that we were standing there. And, and I saw the video and I was very interested. You know, I mean, what I saw was super compelling. Uh, and I just thought, man, you know, I, I really would love a copy of this and, you know, would love to watch it and kind of dissect it. And then she showed me a couple other videos and I thought, man. You know, and, and I asked her, I said, okay, so uh, whereabouts uh, do you guys live? And she said, well, um, you know, over, over on, on Brockway Street. And I said, okay. And she said, you know, the uh, the, the big house. With, and I, right away I said, you got to be kidding me, the Brockway house. I mean, that's the mo- one of the most iconic homes in the city, of course. And, um, and I had heard rumors about it being haunted from different people. Some would say it's not. Some people said it was. It had a, a very interesting past. Of course, it was one of the the lumber barons of Saginaw, one of the most prominent families, uh, the Brockways built the home. Um, usually always a very affluent people uh, living in the house. At one point it became a bed and breakfast. At, at one point it was uh, basically, it was, it was empty for, uh, well, not basically it was empty for quite a long time. A lot of vandalism, yeah, a lot of crazy yeah. things happened. And uh, so, so I was fascinated and um, they said, okay, well, you know, would you, would you want to come take a look at the house? So it, you know, wasn't that they contacted me, but in some kind of way, shape or form, I felt that we were meant to cross paths because that quickly became the, the, uh, the number one reason of our dialogue after that. And then once I went to the house, I had experiences, um, right away. So this is kind of cool because I don't, you know, obviously people don't hear stories like this, but when I first went to the house, I was there with, uh, with Jamie, who's one of the team members of Seekers and uh, a producer at Haunted Saginaw. And we were going through the house with, with Stephanie. She was telling us different stories and I definitely had the feeling of being watched, you know, that, that very real sensation totally yeah. going through the house. And we, you know, it's, it's a huge house, you know, with multiple staircases. So we, we kind of did the whole loop of the home. And then when we got to the, the point of, you know, coming back full circle, we started to kind of thank her. And um, I don't really know why I did it, but I just kind of stopped for a moment and she kind of looked at me and I reached over and I knocked on the wall. I knocked uh, a couple of times on the wall and we all just kind of sat there and probably within five seconds you heard 
come from upstairs. And of course, Stephanie, Stephanie actually jumped, you know, so she was startled by it. And that told me one thing right away that it was pretty sure that nobody was upstairs. I mean, we had just gotten a tour of the home. We definitely didn't see anybody up there and we went through all the rooms and I said to her, um, would I be right in assuming that there is nobody on the uh, second floor of your home? And she said, no, definitely not. And uh, so we sat there and started talking and she said, you know, this stuff happens all the time. And while we were talking, I heard the floor uh, creak behind me. What's interesting about that house is the main area has cork floor, cork flooring. I, I never even knew that existed. Yeah, I, never I guess back that. in the day at one point. Yeah, it's actual cork. And back then, that was kind of a sign of luxury uh, in the 1800s. And uh, I could hear something shifting on the floor behind me and actually kind of feel the floor a little bit buckle underneath my shoes like somebody was coming up a couple of steps right behind me. Wow. Turned around, didn't see anybody, but certainly felt that somebody was there. So between the videos, between those experiences, and the fact that they really, truly wanted that thing out of their house, and what was happening to their daughter. Uh, again, if you haven't seen it, please do. You'll yeah. understand. We totally. had to investigate it. Well, and and you, the way you mentioned that she was kind of hesitant. I mean, there she was face to face with you and she was still hesitant. And so that that just proves my point that people, you know, a lot of times when they have a very active location, they they probably start questioning their sanity. You know, they probably start questioning themselves. Yeah. And, and so she probably was like, ah, he'll just think I'm crazy. Even though you've seen amazingly bizarre paranormal stuff. And she knew that. And she still right. was hesitant. Right. Yeah, because I think at that point what happens is, is uh, you know, like you said, you know, when, when people are going through stuff like that, there there are those thoughts and fears of what are people going to say? Totally. What are people going to think if I were to say that, you know, my home is haunted, I am dealing with things that are supernatural, that are unexplained. We certainly live in a world today where it is not nearly as taboo. At one time, at one point in time, conversations like this would have us, you know, uh, strung up or burned at the stake or whatever happens. Or, or put straight jackets. Right. And today it's on national television. <laughs> yeah, um, really. So. But but that being said, there certainly still is a, a stigma in, in in some degree, and there and there are of people course. that are afraid to to admit to that either because of uh, worried about uh, you know fear of what others will say, and but I think equally or maybe even bigger, Tim, is that there are people that are afraid to say, listen, I know it's happening, I'm well aware of it, I know this is real, but if I talk about it, it's going to increase, it's going to get worse, but you can't. You can't pretend it's going to go. You, you can't pretend it's not happening and think it's going to go away. It just doesn't happen, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that's what it is sometimes: is that people just they don't want to kick that ball off and get an investigation started because they're worried about the outcome. Will it continue? Maybe I don't want to know what's there. Maybe it'll just leave on its own. Uh, maybe if I ignore it. But man, we certainly see that that doesn't work. Mm-mm. Or, or they're you know they're thinking, well, I'll just move but that doesn't always work either you know no and you know and you got to respect the people that you know they're you, you know tim we have dealt with some families that are just like hey i it's this bad yes i am but i'm not leaving my home i refuse and you got to give it up to those guys sometimes Absolutely. though are instances where maybe you have to but you know but but i do respect the people that are willing to stand and fight their ground because man you know we all know how much 
money can go into a home, especially a lot of these older houses that, you know, people buy and they renovate, which, of course, you know, a lot of times that does start the activity. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, look at how heart and soul, blood, sweat and tears and finances are into that property. And I do respect those that refuse to uh, to lie down, you know. Yeah, no. And you're right. And and that's that does bring up another point is the fact that it was you know, probably laying dormant for 10 years. And then they came in and they did some renovations and it probably woke some other things up and, and uh, you know, and, and, and that, you know, isn't necessarily the case with their house, but yes, that does happen a lot. Or if a new building is built on some property or, you know, in certain cases like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the stables um, Hamilton two. I mean, there was an Indian burial ground in that on that property. So who knows how long that activity was going on? Or, you know, you've got other things where, you know, if, it, there's there's theories on on how how hauntings occur. You know, some where it's like they died suddenly and now they're confused, and others where they, uh, uh, you know, last place that their physical body was around. So you've got a funeral home that had a crematorium and things of that nature. That's going to have some activity. I worked in a hospital, saw activity, felt activity, heard laughing in the middle of the night when there's no one around, those kinds of things. And it's it's a case of, you know, again, the topic of the subject, we don't really know what causes, you know, hauntings in those regards, but we do know different things that can trigger them. We do know different ways that they act and we do know different ways that they will be enhanced or or um amplified i guess is the word i'm looking for because of track records because of research because of things that you know that will trigger that to happen and so yeah renovations on old houses you know that happens more often you know than people want to let on yeah no absolutely that we that's so common at this point that like you said i mean there's there's so much we don't know and there's there's no way to pretend that we have all the answers neither one of us are that you know that arrogant you know we know some you know some people are out there that uh that do research and they, they think that hey these are the only classifications there are of the paranormal yeah, totally. this is exact but we don't know and we just cannot say that the paranormal is just that it cannot be explained but like you said there is definitely at this point enough research there's been enough investigations to see that yes there are certain hallmarks of certain types of hauntings and renovations definitely will take up a lot of activity if there are any type of spirits in the home whether they are, are lying dormant or or active it'll it'll agitate them or bring them back to the surface 100 percent. totally well and and you know and that's one thing that that uh when when you mentioned that they're lying dormant keep in mind they're on a they're on an astral type of plane existence you know in between worlds if you will time doesn't exist so when people sit there and go you know, oh, well, how come we didn't see anything? Well, A, maybe you didn't hit trigger points or B, the fact that something had had laid dormant for 10, 15, 20 years. Hell, some of the people that are ghosts, there's been, you know, psychic psychic communications with ghosts where they still think it, they still think it's the 1850s and they still think that they're in their backyard or whatever it happens to be. You know, I've 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 heard of cases like that. And you could say, well, how is that possible? Well, you know what? Not to get too personal, but my, you know, I won't even say who it is, but somebody that I know very close has Alzheimer's and that particular person thinks it's still the 1960s. That particular person thinks when they're in a retirement home that they're actually at work, you know, Alzheimer's can do that. So now imagine what happens to your brain when you're, you know, on the ethereal realm. So again, we have no idea. We have no idea what the intentions are. We have no idea what the 
what 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 can trigger things, you know, um, because again, it's different for everybody. Everybody, this was such a great quote that I heard uh, uh, from one of my previous guests, uh, or you know, and she, and she was like, "Everybody thinks that death is the same for everybody." Well, if everybody's life is different, why should everybody's death be different? And for that matter, why should everybody's haunting be the same? You know, uh, or that's, why should everybody's whoever that was makes an excellent point. Yeah, you know, and so it's like there is no certain way that you die. There's no certain way that you live, and there's no certain way that you haunt. You know, and that's personally, I, I, I it's it's almost like it's a whole nother plane of existence which i mean it's not almost like it is but it's it's like a if if this was a matrix or if this was you know a show talking about multiple universes it's almost like it's its own universe and we just kind of bleed into it and they bleed into us and sometimes they stick around you know right yeah and we're just you know we we there's no way at this point i mean you know we we never know that maybe with enough time answers will be explained maybe in 200 300 years whatever but at this point there's just all we have is the cases that are being investigated you know the data from those cases and then looking for the patterns and there are some things that i definitely believe are true i mean residual hauntings i believe are definitely a thing totally i definitely believe you know again you know bringing up uh renovations on a home will trigger things mm-hmm. uh, there are certain that i think we can hold true and say yes these are accurate but there's just a vast amount of things that we do not understand. One of those things, Tim, to me, I've said this in a, in a lot of interviews, especially lately, is poltergeist phenomenon. Yeah. Pick your poison. So many different people have so many different theories on what a poltergeist actually is, what it can do, what it can't do, how it is created, how it dissip- dissipates, disappears. That, that, that to me is probably one of the most fascinating types of hauntings uh, in my, in, in my book. It totally. Well, and, and think about that yet. So many different types of theories, so many different types of, you know, this is something all the, all the paranormal type of, of, you know, uh, uh, phenomenon is something we can't physically see per se. And now let's bring it back to the beginning of the conversation. COVID-19, we have hundreds, thousands of, tens of thousands of scientists and they can't get an answer for this thing and it's right in our face so now take a subject that's been taboo up until just very recently i mean we're just scratching the surface on the whole world of paranormal right because sadly uh you know for for the last you know for how many centuries that this thing you know that that these hauntings have happened i mean we know that hauntings go back as far back as there are texts that there is that there is information of civilization so unfortunately all that time there was really basically no none zero investigations or interviews or anything really being conducted because it was either witchcraft or sorcery or or taboo and you know throw them into the lake or be okay something is wrong with you here's some thorazine lock you up you know whatever (laughs) the case may be so you know at the end of the day we we lost a tremendous amount of opportunity but moving forward you know, for the last, I don't know, I'd say at least uh, the last 40, 50 years, yeah. it's been being researched and, and it's going to continue to, to to the point where I think we're going to see in the next, you know, in the next 50 or 60 years, uh, doubling that amount of time, we're going to see a lot of information start to come out, I think, you know, because again, it's just putting more information in the database, creating more patterns, creating more, I don't want to say solutions, but understandings. Technology. Understanding. 
yeah, understandings. Yeah. You know, I mean, we might find something there. There, you've got scientists. You know, uh, I I always love to delve into the quantum realm of things. Uh, not claiming to be a, a, a an expert on the subject, but it fascinates me. And they talk about dark matter. Uh, you know, where it's basically it's like a negative energy of what our universe is. And for all we know, maybe ghosts are something to do with that. You know, the more they learn about something like that, they might find something, you know, with with dark, you know, with ghosts. It is um, because it's it's I was watching again. It was a Joe Rogan video and they were talking about the Big Bang and they were talking about how different uh, uh, you've got gravity. And, you know, everybody knows the concept of gravity where, you know, two objects attracting each other. But there's a. There's theories about the Big Bang being this this like almost reverse gravity where it repels. And for all we know, it could be something. And you know, speaking from a scientific you know angle, it could be something like uh, uh, the opposite, i.e., dark matter, i.e., uh, uh, re- repellent gravity, whatever the official term is. That hauntings could be that equivalence of our plane of existence, and we're seeing it and. They're negative. They're positive. You know, they're 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 interacting in a playful way. They're interacting in a non-playful way. Most of them are usually not. You know, most of them are are uh, you know something that is is a little more sinister or at least a little more of a pain in the ass, if you will. But you know, my my son when he was really little, he saw this thing and he called him Tom. He was less than two years old and he would point in the corner of his you know, and I'm talking the corner of his ceiling, and he would say Tom. You know, and it was never malicious. It was never anything like that, but it was something else. It was something beyond this plane of existence. And was it a ghost? Was it something of that, that, you know, type of, of entity or was it something else? And, you know, and, and yeah, I just, I think that's what fascinates me most about this is the fact that we just don't know, you know, we don't really know the answers entirely. We have good theories, but we're not. You know, we're, we're not at that point, just like the whole concept of death. We don't fully know what happens. Well, this is where I'm here to prove you wrong, Tim, because <laughs> I do have, I have the answers and I've just solved it. What's here that? we go. Okay. COVID-19, COVID-19 happens. The government shows us aliens exist. It's an extraterrestrial disease. That's what it is. I think you're onto something. They're hinting around to us. They're hinting around to us. They're like, here's this global pandemic. We don't know what to do. Aliens exist. They're warming us up to it. That's what it is. This is an alien infection. For God's sake, I'm kidding. For anybody out there that's listening. <laughs> oh, I was I, about to ride with that. You remember the National Enquirer thought, with the, the Bill Clinton I thought photo? Maybe I, I thought maybe I spun you for a loop there. You got quiet, and I was thinking, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. No, I was just getting wait ready. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, but... But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again, but, but that's how easy a conspiracy theory can start something like that, you know, but yeah, you are kidding. I'm kidding. I, that is not what the, what the case is. Wink. No, seriously. (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, it's, it's. Hey, you have the word laugh in your podcast. If we don't have a little bit of humor, I think people would probably like, you know, track us both down and and smack our faces or something we don't like. So I completely agree. Yes. You have to make somebody laugh somewhere, right? Or you're misrepresenting the whole title. And totally, totally. And again, you know, I mean, it's it's the it's the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. Yes, I've got that tagline memorized, but I, I it's it's true. That is that is the true spirit of this podcast. And you know, I've 
I've talked to people who I've wanted to get on as guests and they're like, no, you know what? I don't necessarily want to go on. I see enough death. You know, I've, I've, I've experienced enough death myself, you know, people work in the medical industry or things of that nature. And they're like, but we just enjoy the podcast because it takes a very dark subject and at least makes it a little more palatable, if you will. Um, but right. I've always been the kind of person to, you know, make light at a funeral. You know, I mean, I, my brother's funeral, but my whole family's been that way. Not that we don't respect the dead, but honestly, funerals are for the living. And I think it's more honor to the person who died to remember them, you know, and, and my brother had a, you know, wicked sense of humor. And mine's very similar to his. He'd be getting a kick out of this and, and the jokes that we make and, you know, the funny memories and all that, 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 you know, I think that's needed just as much at a funeral as the, you know, the kind words and the, he was a very giving person, those kinds of words as well, you know? So, wow, this is, it's got dark real quick. It's like, what, someone die? You know, can I tell you something? What's that? While we were talking, all of a sudden I started getting a ton of alerts that there is movement in my backyard. So I go on there and look and there's, I've never seen anything like this. There are two possums fighting in my backyard. Do you have video of it? Absolutely, because I was watching it live. It, it, it'll be in there for me to be sent to you. You need to send me that. I'll I'll put it in with the notes on the podcast, dude. And they're big ass pot. They're huge possums too. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's insane. At first, I thought they were cats, and I looked closer, and then they, yeah, they look like big giant white rats. So I I just made a note of that. I I, I seriously, I want that footage. I want to somehow. If you can get it, I mean, of course, things happen. But if you can get it, I would love to put that on there. Because honestly, I've never seen a possum f- even around another possum unless it's its babies. Do they fight? Like, do they right, tangle? Yeah, no, these are, yeah, these are two full adult ones. It was kind of funny. Like, the one was standing there and the other one was getting closer to it. And they got, like, nose to nose. And the other one just thugged up on the other one. And the other one ran away. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, he was probably pissed because right there, that other possum was completely violating the social distancing. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that, and it all comes full circle. Every time we do a podcast, the end of it always comes full circle. So at least I'm comfortable in that sense. Totally, totally. Well, you know what, though? I did make a note earlier. I want to bring up one little thing that you did tell me. You mentioned. Oh, God. (laughs) I want to understand. How it was that you almost put a tablespoon of cornstarch in your coffee or your tea? All right, really? You got to bring that up? Yes. <laughs> that was necessary, Tim. <laughs> I told you that in confidence before we started. Okay. But since you want to go ahead and, and, and just broadcast this, since you really need to know the answer to this, I, I was making, making some hot tea. And I couldn't find the honey anywhere, and that pissed me off. So I had to go and resort to the sugar, and I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll throw some sugar in here. And there was two containers side by side in this dark cabinet, and I just popped the lid on one, stuck the teaspoon in there, went to dump it in, looked at the color, looked at the texture, and thought, okay, wait a minute. What the hell is happening? And I looked at the container and realized it was cornstarch (laughs) and not sugar. I wonder what that would have done. Would it turn into, like, Play-Doh or something? You know, I'm not sure what could have happened at that point. I mean, I was going to make some jokes just now, but you know, it's such a crazy world right now. You don't want to joke around too much about anything. Right. Yeah, but yeah, true. I'm not, I'm not sure what would have happened. Although I think it would have probably, 
I don't know. It probably would have thickened it, I guess. I mean, what do you use cornstarch for? Like gravy or gravy, something? Yeah, but you're right. You would have had like that's one of those. It's like, what do I even have it in there for? That's what's so weird. I think all of us, if we opened up our spice cabinet right now or whatever, <laughs> we would be like, what the hell is this shit even here for? Like, what is this for? You know what I mean? Like, what are half of these things for that we never use in the first place? Yeah, but we won't me. throw it away. No, because there might be some recipe down the road three years from now that might call for, you know, I, I, who knows, a gingered curry or something crazy, you know? But, Spice uh, cabinets are weird. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so since you want to bring up me almost putting cornstarch in my tea, <laughs> and you just said something like ginger, ginger curry, which at least sounds kind of normal. Let's talk about some of the crazy-ass things I've seen you do with recipes for food that have actually gotten me angry. I've been angry at you for some of these things. Because it makes no sense, you know? It's like, what the hell? Are, what are you talking about right now? I mean, I, I can think of... I remember ingredients being like hot sauce, ramen, mayo, peanut butter... <laughs> Cayenne pepper. I don't even know what the hell is happening, man. Like, I sometimes I've literally just felt stunned. And, and I think once you even sent me a picture of it, I was like, oh, my God, he's actually serious. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I, uh, the, well, the mayo, it was never mayo with the peanut butter. But, yes, it was peanut butter, hot sauce, um, spices, ramen. One of the ramen packets. I'd usually do two packs of ramen with all that stuff. And it's, it's, it sounds disgusting and I'm not, don't get, don't get me wrong. It's not great, but I have a weird taste and I've always been a fan of crazy things like that. Like, and I know other people who have eaten this, the Miracle Whip and peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> I know that one pisses you off, <laughs> but I've eaten those since I was little. I'm it just it had the same response on me just now again like when you said that i just sat there and i was like why tim why that, that, you know what here but hold on just just sit tight hold on okay you are a dick i just got to that to you <laughs> full circle tim full yes. circle. there it is i am a dick <sighs> Well, hey, man, I uh, appreciate you <laughs> having this conversation. I do uh, thank you for you know coming on the show. And uh, so, when when can uh, when can people uh, you know when can they catch like a haunting in the heartland? Is there any specific time? Can they? You said there's marathons and stuff. Do you know when uh, when it usually airs? When they show them or? No, they. It's kind of sporadic. You know, they. They. I think they release the schedule every week. Okay. Um, but definitely, if, if you have cable and you have the Travel Channel, you, you can find it on demand and watch all six episodes at your leisure. Um, if you don't have cable and you don't or don't have the Travel Channel, you can go to Amazon Prime Video. You can rent it, stream it, you know, right on there. I think it's only eight or nine bucks for yeah. the whole season, something of that. That would be a good um, way to get it. I, in fact, that's how I purchased it. I purchased, I just got the whole season and now I own them so I could download them to my phone or, or whatever. So, right. Um, and for those that are listening that maybe aren't familiar with Haunted Saginaw and all the work I've done with Tim, um, obviously go to uh, Amazon Prime Video. If you have a Prime membership, you can stream all the movies for free. Uh, check it out that way. Um, but, yeah, I definitely feel good about this podcast, man. I, I appreciate you uh, bringing me back on here. I think it was cool to have a little bit of 
of normalcy kind of, you know, during this, you know, I mean, you know, kind of being as, you know, you're talking about ramen and mayo and, and uh, <laughs> peanut butter. And that's actually far worse, I think, than uh, alien invasions or anything else that we discussed tonight. So, but, uh, you know, it was nice to be able to take a break from constantly editing and all the stuff that I'm doing to have these conversations. And I think that, uh, you know, hopefully going back to the beginning of this conversation that people listening will take this time to do something really awesome for themselves or at least plan what they're going to do next, you know, because remember it does, it's a forceful timeout, but timeout always leads to some kind of perspective and perspective can always be some type of change uh, for the better. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, uh, um, you know, do, do something creative, do something that you've always dreamt of doing, you know, that you can do on your own. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. There you go. You know what? How the hell did we not talk about this? You have a podcast. I do now. Yep. Yeah. How do yep. we not talk I, uh, about this? Okay. So yep, we, that's, you that's guys, you, listeners, you, you got another hour. Okay. Here we go. So. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So yeah, because now, now, okay, that's it. So right now I'm going to start to interview you. And then now this is my podcast and you're my guest. You ready? It, what is that noise? Alien. I think it's an alien. Are those possums like yelling at that's you or something? Wait, was that on my end? I don't know. It sounded like howling or something. It could be on my end. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought quarantine. it was your end. Yeah, it might be on my end. I'm hearing both things, so it's like I don't know what's going on. I've got, like I said, my, well, my wife myself, is doing dishes. So, yeah, true. I'm here by myself, and I don't have a dog. So if there's howling, well, actually, I could probably explain why that is, but that's for another – that's a whole <laughs> different investigation. Okay. Yeah, really. But, uh, so, but, yeah, definitely, you know, people out there – do something, man. Chase a dream. Think of what you want to do next. Start a podcast. Think of that next job you want to do. Totally. Plan on going back to school. Take online classes, whatever. Basically, don't let this downtime wreck you or force you to be depressed or whatever the case may be. Is If it's possible that you can do something positive with this time, go for it, man. That's what I say. Yes, yes. And um, don't regret not having used this time. There's... There's an, another good quote that I heard. It is the regret or the, the, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Discipline yourself during this time. Don't regret not having utilized this time. You know, unless, of course, you have other reasons that you can't. That is 100% understandable. But definitely, I, I that is great advice. I think, uh, you know, I think this is a big reset. It's a big perspective change, like you said. So... Cool. Um, yeah. So what? Uh, one last thing. I know we already ended this podcast like three times, but uh, what is the name of the podcast and where can they get it? Well, it's going to be titled uh, The Haunted Podcast. You'll be able to find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a video podcast, so you'll be able to uh, to actually watch it on there. And one thing that's pretty interesting about the well, – I would say it's not the only purpose of the podcast, but a lot of what you'll see are case updates uh, from the investigations that – you know, Tim and I have done Haunted Saginaw, bringing the family members back in. Uh, what's happened since we've been there and even some interesting facts about the cases that you never knew because uh, there's only so much we can put into one documentary. So that should be up on Prime in about a week from uh, today. Not sure when this will come out, but by the time it does, it'll be there. It'll be out, definitely. So because I plan can on I just say one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I I'm a I really dick. wanted to say that because I felt like I was advertising something, so I just wanted to say it. You know? uh, 
this weekend at the Saginaw Civic Center. <laughs> but, the red carpet premiere. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so now, thank you uh, for being on. And uh, it's always a pleasure having you on, man. Well, always, like it's happened more than once. It's happened uh, now twice, but hopefully not the last time. So, well, hey, I'll get you on mine as, as soon as I figure out how to do this, like, stuff. I don't, I, I'll be calling you going, how the hell do I do this, Tim? Like, how do we get you on the screen or whatever? So, we'll f- definitely you know, figure that usual. out. And, you know what? When we when it gets to that point, we'll uh, we'll make me the guinea pig. So, we'll, we'll make it work. So, All right, let's do it. Cool, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. Well, there you go. We've got our first episode coming back from the dead, um, which is kind of a pun intended. You know, let's laugh about death. Anyway, uh, make sure you check out Steve's new podcast, uh, the Haunted Saginaw Video Podcast, along with his uh, TV show on the Travel Channel, Haunting in the Heartland, as well as, uh, always, you know, check out the Haunted Saginaw movies. I'm part of those. I'm not in a couple of them, but I'm in most of them. So you can check me out in those. Uh, a lot of interesting, messed up stuff we find, as always. Uh, and in the meantime, stay calm, stay safe, have yourself a good day, have yourself a good life. <laughs>